back to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Friends, we are tackling a very important issue. Why there are all these tent cities, people living in poverty, these problems we're facing, and these liberal leftist run governments can't figure out how to get their way through it. I, there's, I mean, the problem's getting worse. And it seems like the next solution, according to those down at the, especially down at the state capitol, is, well, we'll just create another government program. We've been around for 200 years in this state, uh, or in this country, over 100 years in this state, and they can't figure it out because the solution isn't another government program. We're talking with Chris Bolivant of the Social Capital Campaign. He's the director of the Social Capital Campaign. Great group of people he's pulled together. People like Rick Santorum, Ian Rowe, Catherine Lopez, Scott Winship, Brad Wilcox. Brad, you know, is such a great friend of the of the Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University that uh, we've had him speak a number of times. He's the guy that actually looks at like how important marriage is to just human flourishing, to children de- to children developing well. A great research. You know, oftentimes we rely on, well, this is what the Bible teaches, and the, what the Bible teaches is absolutely true. But when you go down to these public policy debates, especially these kind of atheist, secular leftists, you got to show them stats. And the, we have stats that if you get married, that if you raise your children well, uh, there's a thing called the success sequence, that if you graduate high school, you don't have children until you're married, and you get a job, a vast majority of those people will end up doing just fine. Uh, they won't end up in poverty. So we have all these studies. We have these roadmaps, and the left just kind of ignores them. Dan Bryant, Senior Global Public Policy and Government Affairs for Walmart. Emily Jahinsky from The Federalist. Chris, there's a great uh, lineup here. You have Carlos Campo, the president of Ashland University. You guys have all gotten together to work on social capital, and we were just talking about what the definition of social capital is, but you guys have a paper out about five problems that you kind of list. Rising costs relative to income, outdated workplace policies, inadequate and poorly targeted government investment. I feel like that's, there's a lot of redundancy there. <laughs> uh, people having fewer children. Uh, even Elon Musk is talking about that. Parents are increasingly isolated. Uh, the culture's breaking down. And you guys have put together a whole long page of policy solutions, removing government barriers to affordability and choice, implementing a national uh, paid parental leave program. Now, that's a little different than what is going on in a lot of these states. Colorado put together a program like that, and it's actually disincentivizing businesses. And I remember working with Mark on this because there's conservative ideas to paid family leave. You just, the media never talks about them. So we can actually create problems that are kind of free market based or create solutions that are free market based uh, with regards to parental leave. And uh, they kind of want to do a one size fits all approach that is actually, I think, harming it. But you guys have some ideas here, but let's talk about the problems. Rising costs relative to income. That's a huge issue for especially families. I was explaining this to my parents. You know, our income hasn't changed, and yet everything we buy is getting more expensive. Milk, cheese, gas. When you have a family of six like us, 
and everything goes up, well, all of our costs are going up relative to our income. What's the solution in your guys' mind? Yeah, that's right. Well, we want to help people like live, live the American dream, right? So that's starting out life as a kid in a, in a solid family, going to a decent school, getting educated so that you can get a job. And then as an adult, right, you're earning money. You can build your own family and then you're part of a meaningful community, a meaningful church. That to us is like the American dream. And that's the thing that seems like it's under attack, like left, right and center, right? That all of those things are sort of like really bad. When we've looked at some of the economic situation, we've, what we're worried about is this growing divide. There are people who have money and they've also got like a good set of relationships. Uh, that they're, you know, the, the the elites and the upper upper middle classes are actually enjoying stable married family life. Sixty percent of um, upper class families are are enjoying getting married, whereas that uh, between the ages of um, 18 and 50, that figure goes down to 40% for the working class and 20% for the poor. Um, so we're seeing people who are in good jobs, good education, and getting good incomes, you know, benefiting from that, and their kids are benefiting from that. But those who are poorer, and then those who have less relational capital with other family members and that sort of thing, they're getting less. So I think when we're looking at um, this divide of like, uh, and then we're seeing that it's increasingly difficult to sort of afford family, we're, we're looking at that, those groups of people that don't have social capital and they also don't have capital. Because obviously living in a tent on drugs is not the American dream. So we want to be able to help reverse that. In the paper, we actually look at Hispanic families because one in four children in America today are Hispanic. And um, so the future has got a strong Hispanic flavor in this country. And we've noticed that they're obviously a lot more, a hugely diverse group of different people, obviously, but they are a lot more socially conservative and they believe in the American dream. And by and large, they don't want government handouts. In fact, they, Hispanics are one of the lowest taker-ups of uh, government handouts that are available to them. They want to be able to work. They want to build strong families. They want more opportunities and better education for their kids. So it's really important that federal policy supports their decisions to have stable families and to be able to raise children. They're the ones who've got higher levels of social capital. They've got extended families. They've got their faith communities, Protestant and Catholic. Um, and they are um, the ones who are like out of whites and black counterparts. They are more likely to have a member of their family in work, um, especially those who are on lower income. Yeah, it's Hispanics who find themselves with the least access to flexible work, to paid leave, um, and uh, any sort of advanced scheduling. So that they don't know, you know, so it's harder for them to do family. Um, and yet they'll be like working three jobs, trying to get money in, um, and under lots of pressure. So we want to make sure that those people in particular, they who've got social capital, keep their social capital, that the pressures of like trying to make it don't cause their families to break down, their marriages to break down, um, and that they are able to, like, with their strong stocks of social capital, uh, achieve the American dream. We're but for those people who are like in poverty and don't have those extended families, the sort of leftist approach of kind of like, oh, it's all right, just let, let them do what they want, that non-judgmental approach damns people anyway to like being uh, homeless and on the streets. 
We're talking with Chris Bullivant, the director of the Social Capital Campaign, and he's exactly right. I mean, look, look at the challenges. Look at how hard it is. Look how hard it is on everybody right now. I saw an article, a study that came out that says nearly a third of all Americans right now are either cutting a meal out of their day or reducing their portion sizes. We, we as a family have cut out going out to restaurants. I mean, the inflation is brutal. And our government leaders are not looking at this going, how do we help families increase not only their, their actual capital, the money that are going into their pockets, um, but their social capital and the strength and the bonds of those families. So, uh, Chris, you wouldn't know this, but here in Colorado, we have a ballot initiative coming up. And we're going to take $100 million in taxes here in the state of Colorado to add to a food program that feeds kids that are uh, unable to eat at school. So we're going we're gonna to add breakfast now to these kids. Now, we already had a program like that. There's a federal program for that. So if you hit a certain poverty level or you, have, uh, you don't have enough income coming into your family, you're under, you are allowed to get free or reduced meals at school already they're going to expand that and i just sat there going why are why why isn't there just an idea proposed that says it would be best if the kids are eating at home with their families so can we come up with an idea aimed to achieving that to where they can have breakfast at home with their parents as opposed to the knee-jerk solution being well, we're just going to allow, we're just going to expand the program at school so more kids are eating at school. And that's what I appreciate about the social capital campaign, Chris Bullivant, director, because we're, you guys are thinking that way. How do we strengthen our families so we're not just always this near knee-jerk reaction of going, well, we'll just add another government program to it. Yeah, right, exactly. And I think we wanted to make sure that the federal policy that we propose do, do help. You know, they work with the grain of, of that rather than kind of like pulling, pulling stuff down. And so I'm sure there's myriad reasons for why children are, in the, are arriving at um, school hungry. And some of that is going to be the cost of food. But some of them might well be, you know, people having to work three jobs just to sort of make ends meet. And if they're doing a cleaning job, they're out first thing in the morning. So it might be they didn't get to feed their kid or their kid. Um, so what we suggested is that there could be, um, you know, you could extend child tax credit. So um, I, this this isn't a handout. This is just recognizing. To, I, was, I was chatting to someone else on a podcast the other day, and someone commented, "Oh, but my my I, I, my family didn't want to take government welfare." Um, so we just sort of took cash in hand jobs um, to make ends meet. Um, and so they weren't necessarily declaring it to the tax man. I think the idea behind a child tax credit is that you can work, but you're kind of not, not paying excessive amounts of tax. And there's a bit of leeway. If you've got a child, you'll get a certain amount of money for your child. And we wanted to make sure that, um, if that, that for a safety net could sort of be like a small amount that is free for everybody who has a child. But you are then... Uh, as you, if you're in a stable family uh, and if you're married or, and if someone in the family is working, then that child tax credit can increase to make sure that those things that are positive are reinforced. Chris, we're right, right up, yeah. we're right up yeah. against a hard break. We're going to be right back. We're talking about how to deal with poverty on the Frontier Freedom Hour. <laughs> 